The time is now. The time has come to leave your fears behind, free yourself of doubt, and choose to focus on the possible. Time to step into the truth of who you are and the future of who you can become. The time has come for you to take ownership of your life, to make the choices that will move you forward in life and release the bonds holding you. For the one searching for more out of life, for the one destined for greatness, for the one striving to make a difference. This is for the one searching for the answers and strength to pursue them. Welcome to Strictly Outside the Lines, the podcast for brave warriors stepping into the reality of their full potential. I'm your host, Baruch Dubra, rabbi, coach, speaker, and educator, devoted to all those brave enough to live outside the lines. Are you ready to live strictly outside the lines? So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode of Strictly Outside the Lines. This episode is going to be a bit of a challenging topic. Um, it's kind of a harsh yet serious topic, but it could be, as they say in the world, triggering. Um, it could bring up some negative thoughts, some bad thoughts, some bad feelings, challenging emotions. That being said, though, I do believe it is an important topic to discuss and to cover, and for many reasons. Um, I do want to start, though, with something a little bit different. I'm going to start by reading you an excerpt from this book that I, I inherited from my father, an incredible book. It's called To Heal the Soul, The Spiritual Journey Journal of a Hasidic Rebbe, Colonimus Kalman Shapiro by Yoshua Starrett. Um, and I'm going to read for you a section called When Meaning in Life is Lost. Don't mourn only for those who kill themselves. Mourn even more for those who kill their lives. People are bemoaning the cheapness of life and those who have committed suicide. I, though, worry even more for the living. He has not killed himself. Nevertheless, he is dead. Life has become so meaningless to him that living and dying are the same. Until now, for a Jew to flaunt God's laws, he'd first have to renounce his faith in ultimate judgment. But now I see believing Jews who are still are living wanton lives. This is only because their self-esteem is so eroded and destroyed that life, death, heaven, and hell have all become meaningless. Who is it all for, anyway? For a self that seems too worthless and insignificant to make any effort? Apathy. Apathy for everything, even for one's very being. Bit of a <laughs> harsh, uh, you know, page to read. A um, lot to, to unpack there, a lot to think about. It says here in the footnote that from 1926 to 1928, many Jews were losing their livelihoods and the number of suicides was rising. And that really is the point of all this. You know, uh, I've mentioned many times that I am involved in certain projects to combat suicide. Um to work on suicide prevention, mental health awareness. And there's a lot of mixed feelings about suicide. I mean, I think everybody agrees that it is a bad thing. Uh, no question about it. When somebody takes their life, um, even, even with that statement, by the way, it's like some people will say they took their life. Some people will say they died by suicide. Some people say they committed suicide. And everybody has their reasons for believing and, and saying the things that they say and the beliefs that they have around, you know, that sentence. Many people feel bad for the person who 
died, who committed suicide, who took their life or died by suicide. And many other people have an opinion and a feeling of anger towards that person because they copped out. They exited the hardships of life. And they're now, so to speak, better off, but they've left behind those who have no choice but to deal with the loss. I've lost a friend to suicide. Um, people in the community have taken their lives because of the challenges that they're facing. But what's really interesting here in, in this paragraph is the idea that it's the ones that we should be mourning and sad for are not the ones who took their lives, but those who are not living a life that is meaningful. They're people who are looking at life as being cheap. You know, there's people who are walking through life, going about their life, the daily ins and outs, doing nothing more than the bare minimum, doing nothing more than what they need to get through the day. Now, oftentimes that is not, oh, I'm not going to say it's not their fault because it's, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to live a life that is meaningful. It is your responsibility to put meaning into your life, to find meaning in your life, to create meaning in your life. So anyway, it's your fault. But fault is a silly word because by saying it's somebody's fault, you're pointing fingers and saying, oh, it's your fault. No, take responsibility. And that's the point. If your life is not one that lives up to the standards and the hopes and dreams and desires of what you have set out for yourself, then you are the one who needs to do something about it. I genuinely feel bad for people who will not take the steps necessary to live a better life. I didn't say cannot. I don't really believe that there's anybody that cannot live a better life. If somebody is poor, they have the choice to make better decisions, to do whatever it takes to create more income in their life. If you're going to say, well, some people are disabled, that may be this that, that may be the case. That may be so. I have seen people who are special needs get jobs and make money. I have seen people who are, have physical disabilities get jobs and make money. I have pe seen people who have physical disabilities do things like climbing Everest and, and doing rock climbing on some of the greatest mountains and boulders and things. So there really is nothing that you cannot do if you are, as long as you are willing to put yourself to task, as long as you are willing to do more, to try something, to challenge yourself, to get out of the situation where you are now. You know, what comes to mind is the walking dead, right? And I'm not referring to the TV show, which I never watched. I think I watched maybe about five minutes of one episode. Sue me. But really what I'm talking about is those people who, they, they go about life, the ins and outs, the day-to-day, -day, complaining about what's going wrong, being the victim, because it is a choice, a victim of their circumstances instead of working to change their circumstances. Those are the people that I feel bad for. And actually, I don't even really feel bad for them. They have the choice. But I do feel bad that they don't believe in themselves enough to do something more. Look at history. 
Look at Jewish history. How many times have the Jewish people been persecuted and how many times have they come out on top? Nothing special about us. I'm going to get flack for that statement. We do things differently, though. We have faith in a higher power. We know that at the end of the day, all we can do is what we can do, and the rest is up to God. And God does for us as we do for ourselves. We've taken every single challenge that we have faced and risen out of it to create something bigger and better and more. And we continue to get challenged on those things that we are creating more. Whether it was the multiple expulsions from various countries and continents to the creation of the state of Israel, to which is now being challenged and, well, not now, it's been going on for hundreds of years, thousands of years. But every step of the way we have been challenged. But what do we do? We find meaning in our life from the Holocaust. Viktor Frankl, right? Man's search for meaning. Dr. Edith Eva Eger, the choice. So many people have gone through hardships and have come out on top because they found meaning in the challenges that they experienced. They have created meaning. I went through this challenge, so therefore I will do something with it, become better for it, and help others to do the same. In my own personal life, time and time again, my wife and I believe at this point that every challenge that we face, it's so that we can help somebody else. Whether it was our kid being in the hospital in the first five days of his life, not because that's where he was born, because he wasn't born there, but because of various medical complications. I was able to turn around and help a friend with that a year and a half later. Challenges and struggles in the relationships that we have, whether with each other, with other people, take that, turn around, use it, find meaning in it. Financial struggles, take that, turn around, find meaning in it, and use it. Because we can choose to go around like the walking dead. We can choose to be zombies in our own right, living a life that is meaningless, worthless. Choose to take our life, God forbid. But that's giving up. But there's another sentence here that I want to focus on. Why do people take their lives? This is only because their self-esteem is so eroded and destroyed that life, death, heaven, and hell have all become meaningless. Self-esteem. It's a key word there. When we don't have the confidence that we need, when we don't have the self-esteem that we need to get through life's challenges, it leads to dark places. Well, how do I find the self-esteem? How do I find the confidence? I believe, if if I'm remembering correctly, confidence is Latin for loyalty to self. You're not going to have the confidence until you do. So that thing that you don't have the confidence to do, you're never going to have the confidence to do it until you start doing it. And guess what? You are going to mess up. You are going to fail along the way, especially at the beginning. But you learn from those failures. You become bigger, but you can become better. You do more. You find meaning in those failures. I was just talking to a, uh, talking to, not stalking. I was just talking to a coworker of mine, a manager at, at my uh, company. And we were talking about this idea of of failure. Um, And it was really interesting because he he was saying how when he started, 
with his position, not at this company, but at one of his previous jobs, he was in sales. He remembers his first week. It was a packed week for him. Uh, he had to learn new stuff. He had to get certified in, in, in insurance. And he was making calls to people. The first person he calls picks up and he forgets his name. He forget the sales rep, this manager of mine, forgot his name on his call. Things happen. Talk about a flop, right? You will only have self-esteem by doing the things that are challenging. You will only have self-confidence by doing those things that you do not believe you could do. And when your self-esteem becomes eroded by the things that you experience in your life, the challenges, the issues, you lose sight of what's important in life. So what do you do? You have to find those things that bring meaning to you. Because here's the thing. You can be in the worst fit job possible. You can be in a job where you show up and your boss is just the worst person ever. But if you have meaning in that job or you have meaning outside that job, you will be successful. You will be happy. Why? Because meaning is what gives you life. Meaning is what gives you energy to move forward. But you have to create that meaning. I was recently brought out to uh, give a lecture to a group of medical professionals. I think I referenced this previously, but these were, you know, Ivy League educated doctors who were in charge of, they, they were heads of departments of hospitals, some of the top hospitals in that area and in the country. I'm not qualified to do that, but the topic was burnout. And one of the things that I came across when doing this research on burnout was the idea that burnout means you have lost sight of yourself. We need to remember who we are and what we're here to do. If we give in to the daily aspects of our life and just doing things by rote, let's say you are a, you are, a, a, you're married. You're, you're a young couple, you and your spouse, right? Young newlywed couple, and you're finding challenges in your relationship. Find meaning in your relationship. Find meaning in the challenges. You know, in Judaism, it says that your spouse, specifically as it was with Adam and Eve, that Eve was created as an azer kenegdo, an opponent opposite, Right? Your strength comes from that which you, that which opposes you, that which challenges you. Now, I'm not saying go out and marry somebody who's going to question you and challenge you every day of your life. No, but when you experience challenges with that person, it's because they're trying to help you to grow. When you're experiencing challenges at work, it's because you're meant to grow in that role. If you are a parent and you are having a hard time with your kids, it's because you are meant to learn and grow from that. And when your kids have a hard time, you're supposed to help them love. You're supposed to love them and help them to learn and grow. Suicide is a very serious thing. And my heart goes out to anybody that's been affected by it. But I really do feel bad for those who took their lives. Because they lost hope. They lost sight of what was important. So therefore, we have a responsibility, not just to ourselves, really to others, to do everything in our power to give hope and to give meaning 
to others. Give them the life that they need. Let other people know that they are important and that they are important to you. And that can be done by a simple smile. So if you're walking the streets and you're self-consumed in your own misery by how sad you are, how upset you are, how depressed you are because life is not going the way you want it to go, lift your head up, put a smile on your face, and smile at everybody you see. Even and especially the person who is grumping and grouching as they walk by you on the street or as they walk by you in the office. Bring light and joy and happiness to other people. Bring meaning to your life, especially in the darkest moments. A great book that you can read on this topic is Towards a Meaningful Life by Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Amazing book. It's got a lot of incredible points there, and he goes really through all areas of life, through family, through relationships, through spirituality, through faith. But that is something I want to touch upon for a second, because faith is a huge part of meaning. If the entirety of the meaning that you have in your life is associated with money and finance, finances, or a big house or a fancy car, as soon as you're not achieving those things, or as soon as you've already achieved those things, the meaning in life falls apart. If you've achieved your goal, then what are you living for? There's got to be something next. There's got to be something more. And let's say a person achieves their goal and has the money and has the finances that they want in life. And then, God forbid, they lose it. Now what? Has your life lost meaning? So I strongly believe that the meaning in our life, well, forget that. Rewind even further back. I believe that we are here to make a difference in the world. I believe that we are here not for ourselves, but really to make a difference in the world, to be there for others. We have the responsibility in our life, and, and meaning in life for us comes from the constant pursuit of growth, the constant pursuit of leveling up and upskilling in our own life. And the more we learn and the more we grow and the more we change, the more that we do, the more of a positive impact we can have on this life, the more of a positive impact we can have on this world. And by doing so, by making the lives of others better, we can in turn make our own life better and the lives of those around us. And when we make our life better by becoming better of our own, by growing and learning and developing and adapting and changing and doing those things that are challenging so that we can have confidence and by lifting our head up when we walk through the streets and not just walking around like mindless zombies. The more that we do the right thing, the more that we do the good thing for ourselves, in ourselves, the more we have what to give to others. And by giving to others and showing them that they too can do more for themselves, with themselves, of themselves, that'll cause a ripple effect. It'll spill over and impact more and more and more people. And when they do that, it ripples out from there until you end up having a world that is worth living in. A world where you don't have mindless zombies running around, walking around, shuffling around. But really, a world where people are there for each other. A world that is positive. You know, the Lubavitcher Rebbe had a very big campaign for, for bringing Mashiach, bringing the Messiah. And a lot of people think that Mashiach is this rabbinical, stately figure who's going to come in 
on eagle's wings, on a cloud, riding on a donkey, and he's going to save the world. There were many times that the Rebbe said that Mashiach is already here, the Messiah is already here. All we have to do is open our eyes. Because here's what I think most people are missing. Mashiach may be a physical person who's going to end world hunger and whatnot. But that starts from within. That starts from you. Right? This, this, <laughs> this just came to me. So there's this, there's this thought process, this opinion, um, well-known Jewish insight that of, of something, a concept called tamesim, which is the, the revival of the dead, where the, the dead will come back to life. So talk about zombies, right? Yes, there's a, the physical aspect of it, where when the Messiah comes, when Mashiach comes, those who are dead will come to life. What if? What if in order to get there first, the living dead have to come back to life? I remember posting this on my WhatsApp status a while back, and I had a bunch of people reaching out to me, telling me how oh, what you're saying is blasphemy, you can't say that. And I'm like, well, excuse me, episode of the podcast, the title of the podcast is Strictly Outside the Lines. I do not think within the lines. I think strictly outside the lines. I acknowledge that Mashiach and the Messiah will be a physical individual, as well as the idea of the, the, you know, the bringing back to life of those who are physically dead. But in order to get there, we have to wake ourselves up. We have to stop being dead. We have to reignite our soul, our passion for life, our thirst for godliness, for greatness. We have to reignite within ourselves that desire to do more, to be more, to give more. By doing that, we become alive. Okay, so what does it have to do with bringing back to life those who are physically dead? Well, we all know that the physical body is just a, a vehicle. It's how our soul, the real life force, gets around. And it's known that when a physical, when a person passes away, their soul goes back up to the heavens and their body goes into the ground and it decays. But the soul is always around. The soul continues to live on. If the soul is not limited to physicality, that means that your connection to the soul is not limited to the physical connection. You can have a relationship with somebody who has passed away by connecting to their soul. And I'm not talking about doing any weird voodoo stuff. Like, no, 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 no. Throw that out. No witchcraft. No uh, satanic rituals at the Super Bowl. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Hashtag Taylor Swift. What I'm talking about is connecting with the soul through prayer, through speech, through feeling. After my father passed away, you know, it was interesting because for me, it was obviously heartbreaking to lose him physically. And there's aspects of our relationship that I wish we could continue. And at the same time, I know that he's still around and I know that he's still communicating with us, especially within the 30 days, you know, after his passing. There were so many events that happened that showed us that he was there and he was still guiding us and protecting us. And as time has gone on, I felt that presence leave a little more and a little more and a little more. But that's also because I'm becoming more in tune with the world, more in tune with spirituality. So you want the Messiah to come, you want Mashiach to come, you want 
the redemption to be here? Start redeeming yourself. Stop being a walking dead. Stop being a living zombie. Stop mourning your life. Start living your life. Find that meaning. If you have no meaning for yourself, go create meaning in somebody else's life. Go do something for somebody else. Oh, but how can I do something for somebody else if I myself am in a miserable place? It's because you're in a miserable place that you have to go do something for somebody else. Why? Financially, you don't have the money. You are poor, destitute, barely make ends meet. Go to a soup kitchen, volunteer. Why? Two things are going to happen. You're going to see that the people there are at the same time as, as they are poorer than you and more destitute than you, they are also happier than you. So you want to, one thing is you're going to see that there are people out there who have less than you. They'll put into perspective what you actually have. The second thing, though, is that by doing that, by giving to others, they're going to look at you, they're going to smile at you, they're going to be grateful to you, and it's going to bring a fire to your life. It's going to bring a life to your life. So you want to create meaning in your life? Take those things that are your challenges. Take those, take those things that are your struggles. Turn them into wins. Turn them into positives. Turn them into meaningful interactions and events. You want to find meaning in your life? Go out there and create meaning for others. Go out there and do something good for somebody else in the way that you are struggling. That's how you create meaning in your life. Welcome to the conversation.